As a child, her mother beat her with anything she could find. A wooden spoon, she says, packed a hefty punch, and pieces of plywood from her dad's workshop often splintered on her body. Physical abuse left bruises and scars on her skin, and harsh words barred into her heart, leaving her breathless with the agony of rejection. And then, sexual abuse stripped her of her innocence and made her afraid of every dark corner in what should have been the safety of her room. Even though loneliness made her question having life, she was able to find peace. In today's episode, Healing That Lasts. This is CJ Horrell Presents, inviting you to live the life you were created to live and helping you overcome the obstacles that prohibit you. With informative programming from a variety of themes, including health, relationship, family life, spirituality, and more. Here's CJ. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you so much for allowing me into your listening space today. I'm not in the studio, I'm on location. I've got a special guest going to be doing an interview today. Uh, This is one of two episodes on the topic healing that lasts. You know what? You won't want to miss this episode. And you probably want to take notes. So uh, get a pen, get a paper, and uh, and of course, if, if you can't get that now, then hey, you just got to listen again, all right? But anyways, um, just a few housekeeping items before I dive into the show. Please remember to subscribe. I can't stress that enough. If you're listening on the website, cjharl.com, all you've got to do is scroll to the very top, uh, click the subscribe button to stay connected with everything that's happening on the podcast. In addition to tuning in at uh, seizurehall.com, I want to also remind you that you can listen to the podcast on a variety of podcasts, uh, podcast networks, including iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And of course, on Spreaker, that's the main uh, podcast app that I used, uh, spelt S-P-R-E-A. K-E-R, Spreaker, um, you can download the app on uh, both the, the uh, iPhone and, and Android devices. Um, amazing app. Uh, just when you download, just search for CJ Harl Presents. Uh, make sure you start at, as one of your favorites and then you're good to go. The, I really like the app because one of the, the, the cool things you can do is that if you're listening and you, you know, you've got to pause or stop for whatever reason, hey, just close the app. It's as simple as that. And when you open it back up, you'll be right where you left off. And of course, we're on social media. Would love to connect with you there as well. If you're on Facebook, hey, find me. All right. It's Facebook uh, forward slash CJ Horrell Media. On uh, Instagram, it's uh, Instagram forward slash CJ Horrell. And on Twitter, it's uh, Twitter um, forward slash uh, CJ Horrell as well. Anyway, my guest today is Mrs. Anne Donnelly. And uh, I'm going to be interviewing her next. Well, as I said, I've got a very special guest on the program today, and my guest is Mrs. Anne Donnelly. Now, let me just say a few things about her. She is, first of all, a very, very dear friend. Uh, She is my business partner, and as we like to say as well, she is my sister. Uh, We don't have the same mother, but we have the same heavenly father. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but of course, uh, Anne and I have been working together uh, for a while now um, as we uh, try to do our best to help people take the next step in their lives. And uh, she's promised to continue working with me. We have uh, some exciting things uh, are coming up, which I'm sure you're going to hear about. And of course, you got to subscribe. So I'm sure you're going to hear about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about that on the podcast. But before I go further, and for the record, uh, and uh, could you please uh, verify everything I've said by yes or no, please? We're recording this for the record. Go ahead. Yes, CJ. Thank you. You can't <laughs> back down now. It's recorded. I have it on tape, and we've got listeners that can verify True. Uh, that we are partners. Yes. And that we are working on a few things. Yes. You've allowed, and you're going to tolerate me. And am I only allowed to say one word on this podcast? No, no, no but that, <laughs> what you just said was the most important word. Yes. Right. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, I just I had to do that. I got to get you know. That's okay. I'm just so I'm just so privileged. Oh, to, to, to be you. working with you, you know. So you know, I've got to make sure that uh, you stay committed because I don't I don't think we sign any contracts. You see. So no, gotta... <laughs> no, just handshakes. <laughs> well. Today, I've got Anne in the program, and uh, Anne, as I said before, amazing, amazing person, takingthenextstep.ca, takingthenextstepcorp, uh, um, is your most recent uh, business offering, if I want to put it that way. But before we get into that, uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, you, you loved organizing things from a very, very young age. Now, Anne is, well, anyway, let me, let me, not, let me not jump the gun, okay? <laughs> you loved organizing things from a very young age. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think to organize things, to, to have that love, first of all, you, you have to have a curiosity, and I think I came into the world with curiosity. I, I walked at nine months. I wanted to touch everything and see what it felt like and smell it and, and understand it. There's a story my mom used to tell about when I was about three years old. She'd made this beautiful little white sunset uh, sunsuit. And it had a red trim on it. And we were going out and she got me all cleaned up and I had curly little blonde hair. And, and so I was allowed to go outside. And the next time she saw me, our driveway was covered with cinders, black cinders with black dust, which was now all over the sunsuit and all over me. And I was eating them because I was just curious. And so I think that... That curiosity has really paid off for me because in trying to understand how things fit, how they go together, how we can make them better. When I was growing up, you know, there was, I might have wanted to be an engineer, you know, to make sure that things had firm foundations and Mm -hmm. all the bolts were put together and everything stayed together and you made something better. Mm -hmm. But that really wasn't encouraged when I was growing up. And so I started to look at relationships. How can they work better? What tools do we need to make sure? But I don't know, I guess... (laughs) If that helps, I do it have does. a I do uh, have a I do have another story that happened a little later than being a child. Mm-hmm. I was nineteen, mm-hmm. and I read the book written by Dale Carnegie, "How to Stop Worrying and Start Living." Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the techniques is when something happens, you look at the worst thing that could happen as a result, mm-hmm. and you accept it. Mm. And then you start looking at the strategies that could just make the whole event come out better. You've already accepted the worst that can happen. So now you're, you're looking for the ways to make the best happen. Mm-hmm. And I took that so to heart and I learned to do it very fast. I learned to be able to come up with four or five different solutions in a very short period of time. And that's what strategic planning is all about too. And, and, and now before we get into to your first, uh, hearing a little bit about your first company that you started called Strategies, uh, tell me a little bit about how the 100-piece puzzle that you, that you talk about often as a mm. child fits into your whole um, desire to, to help people and, and to strategize and to, you know. Well, I love puzzles. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is that when we're caught up in events that happen, often we have so much emotions and feelings attached to that, it's very difficult to look for a logical solution. Mm-hmm. So I created this idea that my life is like a hundred-piece puzzle. And often a lot of those pieces are fitting just fine, no problem. But sometimes there'll be an, an eruption in an area. Mm-hmm. And so if we can take those, just those pieces out and start to logically look at why that happened, what are some of the things we could do, it, it helps to keep the emotions away from the situation somewhat and we can have a much better outcome. So I just look at it as, so sometimes I'll just say, oh, yeah, I got an eruption over here. I better just look at those pieces. <laughs> What's going on? And, and, and tell me, and, and all of this you, you, you discovered at, at an early age, you had a fascination with at an early age. How, that, how did that then shape the first two companies you started, you had Strategies and then Warner McAfee. Was, were they both different or? Well, when I started Strategies, um, everything we do requires a strategy. We mm. have some plan. You know, we have to have a plan, a strategy. Is, is that, is that an, an, a conscious, conscious sorry, and unconscious reality? Well, like, could we, if, do, could, um, you know, it just dawned on me to, to ask that. You know, you said everything we do, we have to have a strategy. Well, are, sure. we all, are we always conscious of that strategy? Um, I really have to think of that, but I know that that we're. I think most of the time we are conscious of it. Conscious of it. If I was going to the store now, I'd have a plan to find my car keys and make sure I have my wallet and the list of things I'm going to buy. And I'd get to the car and I'd mm-hmm. try, you know, plan my route there. I guess the reason I, I sorry, I, I to to just jump in with that question. But I guess okay. the reason I asked um, in the previous episode, I was talking about you know being intentional about certain things at times. And uh, sometimes I think we, we have things that are hardwired in our minds that we do, not realizing that we have had a pre-strategy in place. Yes. And we're kind of slaved to that. Yes. That's why that popped into my mind. But yes. anyway. But, and that, that is true because, um, you know, if we look at in, in a relationship, for instance, um, someone could say something and we almost have a hardwired response. We're not even thinking about how we should stop and 
think about who we are and how we really want to approach something. Mm -hmm. Strategies has had that framework, and that same framework went through Warner McAfee, Inc., Mm -hmm. And, and is in taking the next step. And that is to stop and define what's going on, to define the situation, the event, um, to even define how we feel about it. So often we just have this automatic response. Um, and then to, to look at what uh, our plan should be or our strategy, and then how would we actually implement that? And then the exciting part when we've done that work is just to discover what a great um, what a great result can occur because we've taken the time. So a lot of this uh, strategizing, you you did that with with businesses at first. Was it always yes. businesses at, in the beginning, and then yes. on an individual basis with families after? Um, yes, and and why it went from strategies to Warner McAfee Inc. is as I as the company as strategies grew, there becomes the liability if you're not incorporated, mm-hmm. and so so that's why I became incorporated. And then there did there came a time when I said, you know, I I had done strategic plans for businesses, I. Uh, published quarterly um, a magazine for the Canadian airport industry that I developed and published um, for, you know, in conjunction with a client. Um, I did financial strategies. I did all marketing strategies. I did all sorts of them. And there came a time when he said, I love doing this. It's logical. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't see where I was benefiting people. Mm-hmm. And it's really people that I have the great love for, um, especially people who might have had a childhood like mine, that um, there's some tools that could really help them mm-hmm. to make sure that the pieces in their 100-piece puzzle aren't erupting. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had the, the privilege of getting to know this Anne, the Anne that uh, was heavily involved in, in helping people grow and, of course, taking the next step, which is the what it eventually evolved into, which I have an opportunity to be a part of. Yes, so yes, as my that. partner. Um, and, 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 and that's what I know about you. You know, you've always been like that, very passionate about people and helping them take the next step in their lives. Uh, however, you didn't have a, a good start. <laughs> um, I, I kind of mentioned that in, in the, in the uh, introduction to, to the podcast today, um, and I kind of wrote it down this way in my notes, not the best start. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Well, there was a lot of fighting uh, between my parents. There was a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the firstborn, and... Um, you know, there's a lot of evidence that in families there can be the scapegoat child, and that was definitely me. If something wasn't working right anywhere, it seemed like somehow I was the one who was at fault or who received the punishment. Um, The year I was 14, I was beaten every day. I kept track. And as you mentioned, plywood, wooden spoons, whatever was, was close, 
when I was 15, I remember lying in bed awake and knowing that my mom had the shotgun pointed at my dad and was mm. threatening to kill him. And she threw the gun on the floor. I could hear it fall. And I heard a coffee cup smash against the wall. And the next thing I knew, my dad was throwing my mom off the back porch. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there were just there were just a lot of things. But when you talk about you know, how I came to be here now, I went to university only when I was um, in my mid-20s, and I took a psychology course, and the professor asked us to write about our life to date. Hmm. Well, I wrote about my life, CJ. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he, he gave me a very good mark, but he wrote on my paper, I'll never forget, he said, you have a 95% chance of ending up just like your mom. Hmm. And I, this little girl who started off with all her curiosity and all her determination to, you know, stick to things, said no, Hmm. no. And that, I think, truly started my quest to learn everything that I could Um, and to, like, I'm really a lifelong learner, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But everything that I could learn to make a difference in my life, but not just my life, um, other people who might have been caught in the same kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. And, and just for the record, you mentioned sexual abuse, but that, that happened much later in life that I learned about it. It happened when I was a child, Mm -hmm. explained a lot of things when I finally understood what had happened to me mm-hmm. but um wow now we're gonna do this 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 is a, a episode healing that lasts is going to be one of two parts <laughs> because we have a lot to unwrap and and i really want to give um uh, our listeners especially listeners that might have gone through some some similar things or other things that have really kind of derailed in a you know in a sense their their childhood and their innocence and, and growing up. And then it may be those of us that, um, I don't know, maybe we know someone, uh, you know, but regardless, we all have these, like you've mentioned, that, that professor who, who, mm-hmm. who said that we have people that deposit things in our, into our, our lives, our journey that uh, could do one or two things. You know, you know, reinforce uh, a positive path or, or throw us down a, a, another path. What did that moment mean for you? Well, um, as I look back on my life, I don't think I ever really realized how strong I was. Mm-hmm. Because I seemed to be, you know, from, from one crisis to another, from one disappointment to another... Um, from one attempt to um, lift myself out of that pit, right? Um, so in that moment, I think what I, I, I know what I felt, and that was I'm going to beat this. Mm-hmm. I am not going to be beaten anymore. <laughs> you know, I'd already had a lot of that, yes. but I'm not going to be beaten by my childhood or the abuse that I felt. And even later, and many years later, when I, when I really had the first memories of childhood sexual abuse, 
-hmm. I had that same feeling. I will not be beaten. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, growing up and, and, and rising above uh, those challenges. Uh, what are some of the life lessons that you brought into uh, the, 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 I guess, your decision, determination to uh, help others? Um, well, it could very well have really originated with my relationship with my mom. My mom started drinking when I was very young. And, you know, as I learned her story, you know, she had a sad story. Mm-hmm. And there are books out there now that we can read that say, you know, um, who we are, we pass on to our children. Mm-hmm. And so she, she knew a certain way of interacting, and, and so th- she had learned that, and so that's how she interacted with me. I think that I was very caught up in the idea of how can I improve my relationship with my mother? Mm-hmm. Because when, when and, and, and then just looking at the world, I mean, it's not hard to find people who are hurting just like I was hurting. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have the tools, I've been very fortunate, CJ. I have been able over the years to find sources that poured truth into me, that poured tools, that showed me. Because that's been the biggest thing I I have found, that... um, when we don't know what to do next mm-hmm. and we are stuck, mm-hmm. depression, mm-hmm. possibly eating disorders, all sorts of things start to happen because we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I do want to say at the end of my mom's life, I cared for her when she, as she was dying with um, lung cancer that metastasized to her brain and it was about three weeks before she died she said I can see now we could have been friends all these years mm-hmm. so in the end there was a, a good ending yeah. yeah, and and I think that's the thing that's the thing about taking the next step if we're willing to take the next step and the next one and the next one, we can have a good ending. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is so important for us is all of us to find a mentor. And maybe more than one. Maybe, maybe we'll have someone who will mentor us on the business side and someone else who will mentor us on a spiritual side and someone else who will mentor us on an emotional side. Mm-hmm. But always having someone who's taken more steps than we have so that they can help us continue to grow and heal. Yeah. Yeah, I always talk about growing and persisting and growing. Yes. And that persistence means that we, there's some things we have to do, you know, one of which you just identified, a mentor. Um, and, and really waiting, waiting through what, what, what's truth. 
mm-hmm. what's really true? You know, people have some, sometimes deposit some very dark things into our lives, and yes. we need to let go of some of those things uh, as not as being, you know, not true at all. I, I have a story, mm-hmm. um, if I may. I was 12 years old. I had a six-year-old sister. My mom was making Christmas dresses for us. Now, first of all, the dresses had white backgrounds, but my sister's dress had these beautiful aqua-colored polka dots, mm-hmm. and mine were gray. My mom did our hair, right? And, of course, those were bobby pin days. There weren't rollers, you know, so however those bobby pins went in and those curls went in, however they would come out, and I had shoulder-length hair, and I'll never forget this. So my mom got us all dressed. Our hair is done. She stands us up for the picture. She's about to look through the viewfinder, and she says, she looks at me, and she says, it doesn't matter what I do, you still look like a bull in a china shop. Now, that was her opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took me till, this, I was 12. Mm-hmm. It took me till I was about 28 to realize how athletic I really was. Mm-hmm. I played sports in those intervening years, but I always had a clumsiness. You know, like I was the person who'd get fouled out in the basketball game, you know, because I was, I was really trying hard, right? But her opinion became my truth. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, when we start, if we really will look and really examine beliefs we hold, oftentimes it's just someone's opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, not truth at all. Wow. There's so much more we're going to explore with Anne. Thank you so much, Anne, for sharing. Uh, straight ahead on the podcast, we've got the 10 spot, my quote for today, final thoughts, and of course, uh, the Q&A and uh, tech review. And of course, in uh, episode number two, we talk again uh, with Anne, my special guest. We're going to explore some more. Um, we're going to talk about where she is now, what she's doing with taking the next step. As a matter of fact, can you just give us a sneak peek? Tell me a little bit about taking the next step. Well, taking the next step is all about helping people define where they are, devising a plan, helping them implement it, and then discovering the great joy that exists in taking that next step and looking at what the next step is going to be, too. Awesome. More in just a bit. You're listening to C.J. Horrell Presents. Straight ahead, listener Q&A and today's tech review. In every edition of the podcast, I'd like to give you an opportunity to send me your questions. Now, it may be about a previous episode or some randomly thought of a question you'd like us to explore. Whatever it may be, know that I want to hear from you. Now, today's question honestly comes from me. I want to explore how to separate opinion from truth. And that's in light of uh, my interview today with Anne. According to Webster's Dictionary, a fact is anything that is done or happens, anything actually existent, any statement strictly true, steeped in reality. For example, the house was painted on the 24th, 2017, whereas an opinion is defined as indicating a belief, a view, a sentiment, a conception. 
You know, sometimes the hurtful statements people hurl at us are simply their opinion. And learning to discern and make a decision to not embrace it as truth could be the beginning to a path of healing that lasts. Today's tech review is a spotlight on HealthyChildren.org. And the resource link is on my website under today's episode, Healing That Lasts. So make sure you check it out. In a world where children are growing up digital, it's important to help them learn healthy concepts of digital use. And you can find some really interesting tools on HealthyChildren.org. As useful and as much as we have become dependent on media, the effective use of media is only achieved when media works for you, within your family values and parenting style. When used thoughtfully and appropriately, media can enhance daily life. But when used inappropriately or without thought, media can displace many important activities such as face-to-face interaction, family time, outdoor play, exercise, unplugged downtime, and sleep. Make your plan at healthychildren.org slash media use plan. By creating a personalized family media use plan, you can be aware of when you are using media to achieve your purpose. Now, this requires parents and users to think about what they want the purpose to be. Uh, The tool at healthychildren.org slash media use plan will help you to think about media and create goals and rules that are in line with your family values. To make your family's media use plan, visit healthychildren.org forward slash media use plan today and start by entering your family's information. Now, the information will remain private and confidential. Make your media plan work for you. Welcome to the 10 Spot. Today's inspirational quote and final thoughts. What's the driving force in your life? What's stopping you from taking the next step in your life or propelling you forward to be the best you you can be? Everyone is driven by something and that thing tends to guide your thoughts and actions. It controls and directs you, especially when your will or character is tested. Some of us, unfortunately, are manipulated by memories. Your past controls your future and sometimes you're unconsciously sabotaging your own success. For example, some hold on to their hurts and never get over them, rehearsing it over and over in their minds and never forgiving themselves or others. Some miss great opportunities because they are afraid to venture out, playing it safe and avoiding risks. Some, the desire to acquire becomes the whole goal of their lives, thinking that having more will make them happy, Desiring to feel important and secure, never realizing that their possessions provide temporal happiness at best. Others live their lives trying to earn the approval of an unpleasable parent or girlfriend, boyfriend or spouse, always following the crowd and getting lost in it, driven by peer pressure. If you want your life to have impact, if you want to be the best you you can be, you have to focus your life. You have to question and evaluate the things that influence you the most, the things that drive you to determine if they're really feeding you or sucking you dry of your potential. 
No matter who you are, you were created to leave your mark, created to have an impact, created for a purpose. You're no accident. As you think about how uniquely created you are, what areas of your personality or physical appearance are you struggling to accept? I want to hear from you, and I want you to know you're never alone. My quote for today as I wrap up this edition of the podcast is by Billy Sunday. Quote, more men fail through lack of purpose than lack of talent. End quote. Until next time, remember to grow and persist in growing. for listening to this edition of CJ Horrell Presents. If you enjoyed the show, remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe at cjhorrell.com. We're better with you.